against Bitcoin. It's going up forever, Lord. You're against Bitcoin, you're against freedom. Welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We are your number one source for the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, curb your breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Sailor tweeted something very interesting yesterday. Um, anything, when, it, when you tweet a picture, I really call it a meme, right? Because memes are a form of, you know, graphics, memes they're, they're really what they're forms of transmitting information transmitting data right so i'm just going to call it a meme even though you know by the usual definition it's not a meme it's a bunch of statistics a bunch of data but uh for the sake just to simplify it it was a meme tweeted a meme about uh the inflation rates of all fiat currencies around the world and what he said uh the tweet that he said is if you don't have access to dollars, Bitcoin is a lifeline. I mean, and it's very interesting because if you don't have access to dollars, the thing is, like, if you have a bunch of piles of crap, right? Um, the dollar is the smallest, less smelling pile of crap, right? It's still crap, but it is the least worst of all of them, right? And what I think is happening, especially in the uh, global south, the developing world, is you are seeing a lot of people adopt alternatives to state money. But the pattern that you're seeing is people aren't really adopting Bitcoin per se. Of course, there's a percentage of Bitcoin adopters, but what you're really seeing is people adopting stable coins, specifically USDT or you know, the USDC or whatever, any specific type of stable coins that is a US dollar stable coin. And the thing about those things is that they provide a false sense of financial sovereignty, number one, because they can freeze it. Uh, and number two, because I think eventually, because due to its centralization, they will inevitably be co-opted. And they still have inflation baked in. Right. So like it, it's it's a multitude of factors, but this is why this whole thing is, is going to be multi-generational. Right. I truly believe. And the analogy that I always, always use and I and I know it's cliche, the movie, The Matrix, blah, 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 blah. But this analogy is so useful. Um, Neo was just exposed to The Matrix and Morpheus and Neo are in the construct. And Neo goes into denial and he's like, no, this isn't real. And he goes crazy. They pull him out. He gets out of the chair and he just collapses on the floor. And, you know, and he just he just passes out. He can't, can't believe he can't. It's too much for him to take. And then the next the following scene, uh, Morpheus is standing over Neo while Neo wakes up and Morpheus looks at Neo and he says, Neo, I apologize after a certain age we don't pull people out of the matrix because it's too much for their minds to for their minds to handle. And I think that's a very fitting analogy to the fiat matrix. If you've lived the majority of your life using paper money that has faces of old people on it, 
or faces of structures or faces of things. You're used to state-issued money. You're used to banking. You're not used to taking self-custody of your wealth. It is a very, very radical idea. It's not to say that you can't do it, but it's you have to go through a process of unlearning and then learning something new versus what Naim Bukele is doing in El Salvador, where he's teaching the next generation about Bitcoin right off the gate. So they, it's not a process of unlearning. It's a process of learning something new. Now, in my specific career, and I know Opti, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident he's experienced the same thing before I bring him up. Um, you know, I've been in Bitcoin basically a third of my life. So... I had no idea about the traditional financial system. And so I started making Bitcoin content and I thought, you know, when you start making Bitcoin content, okay, you're just going to talk about Bitcoin. No, it ends up being this macro, uh, geopolitical, you know, cause Bitcoin is fundamentally going to change the world. That's why we say in the beginning of the show, separation of money and state. And you have, you're forced to learn about the traditional financial system and holy cow, are you just like in awe? you're just like, do things really work like that? That's absolutely insane, right? So that's what I got to say is, yes, absolutely. If you don't have the dollar, Bitcoin is definitely the lifeboat, but that's not to say that people are choosing Bitcoin. People are, use, are choosing stable coins, I, again, because I think that they've been conditioned, right? I think that they've been conditioned to this to the belief that the dollar is very, very strong. And in the global sense, like before Bitcoin, you could have made that argument and it would have been a solid argument. But I'll ask you guys, it's a very simple question. If you have a currency that is designed to inflate and lose purchasing power over time and can also be censored and confiscated easily by the state versus a currency that is designed to increase in purchasing power over time is censorship resistant, I mean, what what do you think people are going to choose eventually? Incentives matter. And Bitcoin's incentives are the best. And that's truly believe that's why I truly believe over the long run, enough people will wake up to that fact and adopt it. Right. Anyways, so we're gonna talk about all that today. Uh, I know I rambled on for quite a bit. Uh, but I want to welcome my very special co-host, always optimistic. He had a dream. You had a dream, bro. You had a very interesting dream. You know, I started the Chrissy thing as a joke. Um, I didn't think it was going to end up here. Yeah, well, guys, if you didn't see my Twitter, I, I didn't even make this up. I legitimately had a dream last night that I was battling Christine Lagarde and she was a praying mantis and Klaus Schwab was a locust. And I had to, that was a third one. I can't remember the third person. Um, yeah, I don't remember who it was, to be honest, but there was someone else there and I had to battle them. It was like a full Mortal Kombat scene in my dream where I was battling the unproductive parasite, Sat B. Um, yeah. I can't make up. This is where my life is. Actually, I mean, I, I think it's because I watched Prometheus again last night trying to unplug. And there's that one scene of like the human spider thing. Uh, anyways, 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 that's that's totally not here nor there. To your point, Nico, it's funny that once I look through the world through the Bitcoin lens and trying to understand Bitcoin and its place in the world, 
you start to learn a lot about the traditional financial system, uh, global, geopolitical, macro. And I think we were even having this conversation yesterday. It's like being in Bitcoin is just a crash course in how the normal world works, you know, how how all of the adult adults in the room see the world and how the financial system works. And then it's just funny because we always filter everything through that Bitcoin lens. And you're just like, we even were saying it to, to each other. It's like Bitcoin changes everything. And it's so simple and everything's so convoluted and so complicated in the traditional financial world. And it's just like, I don't know, fix the money, fix the world. It, it's just so simple, but it, it really gives you a crash course on life when you start to understand Bitcoin and you, and you start to, you know, understand how Bitcoin works and, and why the fiat system is broken. And uh, yeah, it, it just, it blows my mind that we have learned about the traditional financial system through Bitcoin. And I never learned that before I found Bitcoin. It just, it blows my mind. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it, again, like, it's like we didn't have to in a way, you know, like, and then I can't even imagine our children, um, like they're going to be born in a world where, you know, Bitcoin has already existed. Right. So it's just it's just crazy to think. It's like when we think about our parents, like they were born in a world where the Internet didn't exist. You know, like people still read newspapers. Is that, that blows my like I can't even conceive of like, you know, uh, of of that world. But like I think the paradigm is is going to be so great because I don't think we've ever lived in a world where the money wasn't issued by the king or the emperor or the state or the government, you know, or the, you know, the democratically elected body, whatever, this ruling class of people. And every single time throughout history, the ruling class of people manipulated the money to benefit themselves at the expense of the populace, at the expense of the public. Now you have something like Bitcoin where they can't do that, right? It kind of levels the playing field and it kind of changes the power dynamics of the whole structure entirely. It's very, very fascinating, the entire thing. But, you know, what turned from a joke into a meme ended up in Opti's dream. <laughs> and I think Chrissy as a praying ma mantis, if anyone could make that AI picture of that, that would be dope. Please send it to us. We'll put it on the meme review. Anyways, everybody, let's jump straight into the numbers. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Bitcoin numbers. Is your Bitcoin in cold storage really secure? Is your seed phrase really secure. Stamp Seed's do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper. Don't store your generational wealth on paper. Paper is prone to water damage, fire damage. You want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet Earth, titanium. Your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps. And once your words are in, they aren't going anywhere. No risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere. Titanium stamped seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire. They're also crush proof, waterproof, non-corrosive and time proof. All things that paper is not allowing you to hodl your bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul stamp your seed on stamp seed all right guys i made it easy for you guys you can scan the qr code on your screen it will take you directly to the stamp seed website use promo code simply to get 15 percent off so you could store your generational wealth on titanium at the time of recording the bitcoin price is twenty six thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars sats per dollar 3,722 block height, 809,899 blocks to having 30,101 
having estimate April 21st, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity 4,397 Bitcoin. Capacity value 118 million. Realized monetary inflation 1.75%. The market capitalization of Bitcoin 523 billion dollars. Bitcoin versus gold market cap 4.14%. Uh, I always say this every single day. My favorite statistic out of all this is realized monetary inflation because it's going to continue to go down and take fiat currencies to absolute school. Even if they get back to that 2% rate, Bitcoin's inflation rate is still lower and it's going to continue to go down forever. And then the second is the Bitcoin versus gold market cap. Currently, it's sitting at 4.14%. Uh, eventually, it's going to be 100%. And then after that, it's going to be 150%. And after that, it's going to be 200%. At 100% gold market cap, that puts the price of Bitcoin at $500,000 per coin. I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than people anticipate because just Bitcoin is superior. You know, I, I know a lot of gold bugs might get, you know, their feelings hurt on that. And, you know, I understand, uh, honestly, like, and I know this might be unpopular with Bitcoiners. I'm a fan of physical gold. I am. I, I, if you ever held like a little gold bar in your hand, like it feels really, really nice. Uh, but I, I, I would rather hold Bitcoin. Why? Because of its physical characteristics, its physical properties. I could, you know, store, uh, you know, an unlimited amount of Bitcoin theoretically on a 12 word seed phrase. Um, and I could send that Bitcoin anywhere around the world instantaneously for pennies on the, on the dollar, right? You can't do that with gold. And, and that's its physical, uh, limitations, right? That's not to say, you know, you know, a gold bar, it feels nice in your hand. And because of its physical character, uh, character characteristics, uh, the price has been suppressed. Right? There's obviously a lot because due to the, uh, the centralization of the custody of gold due to the fact that they issued, there's a lot more paper gold on the market than there is actual gold. Uh, that causes a price suppression. That's something that Caitlin Long said could actually happen to Bitcoin through rehypothecation. But the thing is, with Bitcoin, has this beautiful, beautiful trait where people could take self-custody very, very, very easy. Um, that's so funny. I love that comment. Canada says, Nico is an introverted gold bug. No, I, I do. I don't actually own any gold bars. I don't actually own gold. Like I'm a hundred percent Bitcoin, but I'm telling you, hold the gold bar in your hand. It feels good. Like it feels nice. Um, I, I don't have anything against that. I just think Bitcoin is superior in my opinion. Um, I think gold, like paper gold is like, it's like same as paper Bitcoin. Like it's just not the real thing. Um, not your keys, not your Bitcoin, not your physical gold, not your gold, I guess would be the meme. Anyways, so uh, a lot of the things that happens when the uh, the state has this money printer, they have the ability to create money for free that everyone else has to work for is the misallocation of capital and also funding things that normally they would not be able to afford and fund. And one of those things, out of the many, many things, are the endless wars. And also the disconnect, the disconnection from the political class, the bureaucratic elite um, that benefit from that money printer um, at the expense of everyone else, right? So, and the, the disconnect becomes greater and greater and greater the more the money breaks, right? And here is Mitch McConnell, he is the uh, Senate lead for the Republic. Uh, he's the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. Uh, so the minority senator, uh, Senate leader. And um, 
here, very interesting comments uh, that this guy had to say. Uh, so let's check it out. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. So you have a politician saying that the number one priority for the Republican Party is sending billions of dollars to Ukraine to fight a war. That is the priority of the bureaucratic elite that benefit from the money printer. At the same time, 61% of Americans say they are living paycheck to paycheck. And I love the cherry on top of this article, even as inflation cools. Inflation cooling would basically mean that uh, the prices of things started to go down. That's not what it means. It means that the prices of things are not going up as fast, as quickly. And there you have a politician saying, our priority is sending billions of dollars overseas, which they can't afford to do that. The U.S. spends more than a trillion dollars every year in deficit spending than it collects in tax revenue. How are they able to afford that? They're able to afford that through the money printer, the hidden tax of inflation. And here, an article that just came out very recently, July 31st, 2023, I think we covered it when it broke. 61% of Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck. But the leader of the Republicans in the Senate is literally saying the top priority is to send money to Ukraine. And let's take a look at what President Zelensky says when he's asked about the U.S. The, and it, I love how they say U.S. tax money. But in a way, it's a correct uh, definition of what it is. But not in the way that you would think. Because it isn't direct taxation that funds this. It's direct taxation, but also the indirect taxation of inflation. So while 61% of Americans are dealing, are living paycheck to paycheck, while housing is becoming unaffordable for the millennials and the Zoomer generations, the top priority of the politicians in, in the imperial city in Washington, D.C. is to fund a war thousands of miles away. This is fiat, that this is what fiat is. And here is Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, who's benefiting from all this printed money. And let's take a look at how he reacts when he's asked some questions about it. We're firing First of all, you have to know, all these cases, all, the, all these cases are not with the help, are not connecting that, as the, not connected with the help of our partners. So it's not about the weapon of our partners or money for the weapon or uh, money for the uh, budget to uh, give uh, pensions, social support, etc. It's uh, in other cases. It's not about the partners. So, so this, these are Ukrainian these funds. These are Ukrainian been... cases, but anyway, yes, but anyway, it doesn't matter for me now. We will fight and will in this, and win in this war. 
But again, I'm underlining it's not the money of our partners. Also, it's important to know. Finally, 600 days of war for you, nonstop work. Um, how are you holding up and do you get depressed? Do you, how, how are you managing? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm okay. So I can live with it. And I, I sometimes, sometimes, I don't, I don't have a lot of time, but sometimes I'm looking on my children. Yes, they are in Ukraine. They are very Ukrainian. So, and let's take a look at the tweet. It says, Zelensky gets emotional when asked about the disappearance of U.S. tax money, interrupts a CNN journalist and says it's no longer U.S. tax money. It's Ukrainian money now. Um, you know, and it, like, I, I don't even know what to respond to that. And here's the thing. Ron Paul, the legend that he is, correctly identified this back in 2008. Ron Paul is a legend because he really started the libertarian movement here in the U.S. The, the end the Fed movement, the revitalization of the Tea Party movement as well, you could make the case. Even though that you can make the case that that has recently been co-opted. A lot of people like... You know, and this is why we hate talking about left and right politics and we hate talking about Democrats and Republicans, because in reality, both sides uh, really believe in the church of fiat and both sides in a way are collectivists. And I think in, the, in reality, it's not really about left versus right. It's really about collectivists versus individualists or the way that we like to phrase it, the party of green, the party of fiat, central bank, digital currencies, slavery, nihilism, poverty, war. Versus the party of peace, Bitcoin, prosperity, freedom, optimism, hope. And here's Ron Paul in 2008 just pointing out, uh, you know, the racket of war uh, that, you know, the American taxpayer in, di in direct taxation and also the indirect taxation is currently paying for out of their pocket, whether they realize it or not. And there you have the, you know, you have the Ukrainian president who's benefiting from that. And he's just like, oh, no, it's not the money of our partners. We're going to we're going to we're going to fight this war anyways. They wouldn't be able to fund the war without the funding. The war would end tomorrow. Right. So anyways, um, and again, like, look at the softball questions from the media. They're like asking him about his kids and shit. Um, anyways, let's check this out. Madam Speaker, I have a few questions for my uh, colleagues. What if our foreign policy of the past century is deeply flawed and has not served our national security interests? What if we wake up one day and realize that the terrorist threat is a predictable consequence of our meddling in the affairs of others and has nothing to do with us being free and prosperous? What if propping up regime, repressive regimes in the Middle East endangers both the United States and Israel? What if occupying countries like Iraq and Afghanistan and bombing Pakistan is directly related to the hatred directed toward us? What if someday it dawns on us that losing over 5,000 American military personnel in the Middle East since 9-11 is not a fair trade-off for the loss of nearly 3,000 American citizens, no matter how many Iraqi, Pakistani, and Afghan people are killed or displaced? What if we finally decide that torture, even if called enhanced interrogation technique, is self-destructive and produces no useful information and that contracting it out to a third world nation is just as evil? What if it is finally realized that war and military spending is always destructive to the economy? 
What if all wartime spending is paid for through the deceitful and evil process of inflating and borrowing? What if we finally see that wartime conditions always undermine personal liberty? What if conservatives who preach small government wake up and realize that our interventionist foreign policy provides the greatest incentive to expand the government? What if conservatives understood once again that their only logical position military intervention and managing an empire throughout the world? What if the American people woke up and understood that the official reasons for going to war are almost always based on lies and promoted by war propaganda in order to serve special interests? What if we as a nation came to realize that the quest for empire eventually destroys all great nations? What if Obama has no intention of leaving Iraq? What if a military draft is being planned for for the wars that will spread if our foreign policy is not changed? What if the American people learn the truth? that our foreign policy has nothing to do with national security, that it never changes from one administration to the next? What if war in preparation for war is a racket serving the special interests? What if President Obama is completely wrong about Afghanistan and it turns out worse than Iraq and Vietnam put together? What if Christianity actually teaches peace and not preventive wars of aggression? What if diplomacy is found to be superior to bombs and bribes in protecting America? What happens if my concerns are completely unfounded? Nothing. But what happens if my concerns are justified and ignored? Nothing good. And I yield back the balance of my time. So, again, Ron Paul, absolute legend. Uh, and a lot of the things that he said. So let's go through it. The U.S. pulled out of Iraq. It created a power vacuum. And that created ISIS. Right. And all the terrible atrocities that came with it. We remember the pullout of Afghanistan, right? The people falling out of the viral videos of people falling off the planes while they were evacuating the Kabul airport. Right. Uh, not to mention the suicide attack that killed 13 Marines. Um, and it was very similar. It's very reminiscent of how the U.S. pulled out of Vietnam. Right. And as soon as that ended, as soon as that ended, the thing in Ukraine started. That's not a coincidence. That's a racket. That, that's like literally a racket. But again, you can identify it and you can say something about it. And like Ron Paul has done it. But until now, we have not had the tool to really effectuate change. And someone in the chat said voting doesn't matter. I disagree. I think voting does matter. Like, like traditional voting, like it does matter, right? But I think the most powerful vote you can make is the vote of opting out of fiat money, which is the enabler of not only the endless wars, but the enabler of collectivism. And I think Bitcoin starves collectivism. And if it starves collectivism, it kills fiat, right? So... Yeah, man, this is, you know, I, I really was putting this together this morning, and I know I know it's a little bit deeper than we usually go, but uh but when we say, you know, the peaceful Bitcoin revolution, separate money for from state, Bitcoin or slavery, or beauty on says it best, Bitcoin or death, they might seem like hyperbolic statements, but they're one hundred percent true. You either pick fiat currencies in the traditional system and you will continue to have these endless wars this endless bloodshed or you choose 
to try something different, right? You choose to use the money that can't be inflated away. And if it can't be inflated away, that means that the government is forced to actually live within their means. Because if they want to spend more, they're going to have to convince the populace to raise taxes. And that's very, very unpopular, right? So the ability to inflate, to pay for things, endless wars. I'm, we're just covering war today. But it's, 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 it, it applies to like so many facets of society. Um, this total misallocation of capital. And Ron Paul, what a legend, man. Called it out in 2008. Uh, Julian Assange called this as well. He, there's a very famous video uh, talking about the endless wars. Julian Assange is in, is in, uh, you know, he's 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 in jail basically. And Ron Paul, you know, he spoke at one of the biggest Bitcoin conferences to date, which was Bitcoin 2021. That was when uh, Naim Bukele made his uh, his famous famous announcement that that El Salvador is going to make Bitcoin legal tender. Um, so yeah, man, it's, um, it's a crazy world, but Bitcoin truly does fix this. It really, really does fix this. So opt out, opt out, uh, don't, and also don't like this whole idea where voting doesn't matter. That's bullshit. It does matter. Um, just the, the vote that matters more is the vote that you choose. What money are you choosing to use? And more importantly, are you taking self-custody of that said money? Um, so end of rant. I know it was a little bit long today, but uh, I went down this rabbit hole last night and uh, I felt really passionate about it. Anyways, Opti, what's your take? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we say it all the time, you know, the only two votes that matters is with your pocketbook and your feet. And, you know, Bitcoin allows for both of those, but that's a whole nother tangent that we talk about all the time. And while you were talking, I was just reminded of the idea that they call us Bitcoiners a cult. And it just, it, it reminds me that fiat is the real cult. They're a death cult. Like they are just on this path to utter destruction and they don't even care like who gets in their way, even if it's themselves. Like they're, they're it's literally like letting uh, blood sucking leeches on your body and calling it health, like calling this medicine and, and medical advice. And, you know, look, I, I'm no fan of printing money. We say it every single day. Printing money is the reason why we're so broke. It's the reason why the fiat racket, the fiat uh, industrial complex is able, military industrial complex is able to get away with so much stuff because most average people do not want to rob and kill people and it is not tasteful to go into other other countries uh on this path to war so that we that american corporations can profit and so if the government had to ask people for their taxes to go to war i am sure we wouldn't be in all the messes that we've been in throughout i don't know the history of uh the united states um and again maybe i am politically incorrect when i say this but like is it wrong to wonder why the U.S. is giving so much money to foreign countries? Like they're printing money out of control and they're giving it to countries that have literally no effect on the American people. Like 
you know, I, I don't I don't mean to get like collectivists on this, but like if they're going to print some money, you'd think they'd want to print money and give it to the American people instead of a country, you know, thousands of miles away. Like uh, this just it, it literally makes no sense to me. But and and it blows my mind. But, you know, what do I know? I'm not a politician. I don't I don't understand. Well, what, you know, what's the for president 2028. <laughs> it's so simple. Like, wait, <laughs> you're printing money and you're giving it to another country and this is supposed to benefit us. Like, wait, what? Like, how is this supposed to make sense? You know, like, but I'm sure, Nico, if I did run on that platform, like I will print money for you, citizen. I'm sure people would vote me in. Um, but you guys know, you know, like this is why we're Bitcoiners and and this is why we tell everyone to take as much of their wealth outside of the fiat system. Because if you don't if, <laughs> if you don't believe in this stuff, then by participating in the fiat system and of course we have bills, we have rent. You know, there's not that many, very many producers and merchants that are taking Bitcoin. So you need a certain amount of fiat money so that you can survive in, in the world that we live in currently, you know, to survive in reality. But if you don't like what you see in the world, then you need to hold on to some Bitcoin. You need to opt out as much wealth as possible and put it into Bitcoin because it's the only thing they can't debase. It's the only thing they can't tax and funnel that money and redistribute that wealth to things that you don't agree with. Like this is why we are Bitcoiners and this is why Bitcoin is apolitical and, and being apolitical is a political stance. And I, I know everyone in the, in the chat saying like, oh, Bitcoin political, whether you want it or not. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's apolitical and that, that stance is the most political stance stance you can take and you take away their power of printing money and you take away all well not maybe not all but most of the atrocities of you know the last hundred years like it what's the saying nico it is no coincidence that the era of fiat central banks is the bloodiest era ever like yeah. th there's no coincidence here and and actually another point that that kind of popped in my mind while you were talking about uh what's the statistic it was like 63 or 61 percent of the American population is living paycheck to paycheck. Well, since that article came out, and I think this was last week, Americans have uh, racked up their credit cards to an all-time high of $1 trillion. That, that means like money isn't going as far as it used to. The, like everyone is feeling broke. And I saw some statistics this morning about like rent and groceries and car payments. And it's like, just the basic necessities of life are becoming more or even too expensive for the average person. And like people are, people are just supposed to like take it and be like, Oh yeah, this is normal. This is how things happen. And it's like, no, they have literally destroyed the money guys. And it's always about the money. And the more they print money, even if it's for your favorite feel good cause, like it's making you poorer. Like, why do we care about someone on the other side of the planet when you are getting poorer? Like, you know, Hey, you need to let your cup overflow first and you need to have some savings or else you're the one that's going to not be surviving. Like it, it's so simple, but a lot of times people sacrifice their own well-being for, you know, the collectivist idea that you're a compassionate, uh, you know, good person. It's like, yo, I like living. I, I'm not going to apologize for wanting to survive and going to a grocery store and wondering why my hundred dollars isn't going as far as it used to. Like it, it just, why are we getting poorer and why should we just take this like it's a, it's a normal thing? And it, it just blows my mind that more people don't see that it's the money. And the more they print, the poorer we get. Like, it's very simple. Anyways, I see we're already 35 minutes in. Maybe we should move Man, on. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Friday episode. So it's the Friday special. Anyways, guys, I want to give a very special shout out to our sponsor, Bitcoin 2024.
It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee this year. It's not going to be in Miami. July 25th through the 27th, the year of the having at the Music City Center in Nashville. Anyways, for a GA ticket, you can get it for $349. For a industry pass, if you're trying to get a job in the industry, I definitely recommend this one, $849. And for a whale pass, you can get it for $4,749. You want to get your tickets quickly to Bitcoin 2024 in Nashville, Tennessee, because the prices do go up. Opti and I are going to be there. It's a party, the biggest Bitcoin celebration of the year. Bitcoin 2024, use promo code SIMPLY to get a discount on your tickets. Anyways, guys, let's hit the news. The Daily News. I wanna give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your, into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the Passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, everybody, we got a wine. We got someone asking someone in Rumble, by the way, shout out to our Rumble audience, 50 live viewers. It's growing by the day. Guys, you could always catch the live stream if we're not on YouTube for whatever reason on Rumble and on Twitter. And of course, shout out to our YouTube audience. If you're enjoying the stream, make sure to smash that like button. It really helps us with the algos. Help us maintain our streak of breaking 100 likes within the first hour of the stream. By the way, I made it easy for you guys. You could scan the QR code on your screen, take you directly to the Foundation Devices website where you can get by yourself a passport hardware wallet, not your keys not your Bitcoin. Anyways, uh, this is what Sailor tweeted, and this is what we wanted to cover today. If you don't have access to dollars, Bitcoin is a lifeline. So check this out. This goes through some of those popular currencies in the world. The Argentine peso compared to the dollar, it's down 98%. The Turkish lira, 92%. The Venezuelan Bolivar, 99.999998%. The Russian ruble, 66%. The Brazilian real, 55%. The Japanese yen, 34%. Australian dollar, 31%. Mexican peso, 25%. Canadian dollar, 23%. The euro, 22%. Even the Swiss franc, which is you know known to be one of the strongest currencies on earth, the, the, the Swiss are known to be extremely disciplined. It's still down 1.6% against the dollar so i completely agree because here's here's a couple things to break down guys if you live in a lot of these countries like for example venezuela uh you know argentina that now that the president mali like has a really good shot at you know, winning that javier mali has a really good shot at winning the presidency um you know and he wants he wants to dollarize the country or the country venezuela has been dollarized but just because something has been dollarized right doesn't mean that um that you can have a U.S. dollar account, right? Like, as a Venezuelan, you it, it you can't do that. Like, it, you can't do that. Look, as someone in bank, try opening a bank account with U.S. dollars. It's almost impossible. 
So what's what's happened is in a lot of these countries, specifically the countries that have a tremendous amount of of inflation, um, is that people have opted out, but they've opted out into stable coins. Right. So we have a lot of stable coin adoption in these in the global south in these developing countries. Of course, a percentage of that is Bitcoiners, but you have a lot of stablecoin adoption. But here's the thing, guys. This is what I mentioned in the very beginning. Stable coins provide a false sense of financial sovereignty. Number one, because they can be frozen, right? It's not your keys, not your Bitcoin, right? It's, it, it, you, it could be frozen. I think they'll inevitably be co-opted due to its centralization. Um, and then not to mention the fact that it's still inflationary. Uh, here's the rational route, and he's replying. He quote tweeted uh, Michael Swaler's uh, or quote posted. Now that's not called Twitter anymore. Um, and he responded to the Michael Saylor tweet, and he said, "This is insane, especially considering the dollar has been devalued nearly fifty percent over the last ten years." So I said it in the very beginning. Like the dollar is the smallest, less smelly pile of crap out of this massive pile of dinosaur poop. Uh, if you guys seen the movie, the Jurassic Park movie and that meme that was made of it, you know what I'm talking about? This giant pile of that, that's fiat. And then maybe, you know, the dollar is just, you know, this not so not as bad, but still bad. Right. Um, and now the eventuality, and I think what Michael Saylor was trying to really make the case for this, right is that if you've been saving in Bitcoin, it tells a very, very different story. Because Bitcoin is better money. Because Bitcoin has absolute scarcity, because it has a capped supply. Your purchasing power increases over time. And let's compare it. So we, we did this comparison uh, not too long ago, but let's compare it to fiat currencies, right? So here has the US dollar. If you've been saving in Bitcoin on a five-year scale, the dollar is actually 75% cheaper. On a three-year scale, the dollar is 30% cheaper. On a one-year scale, it's 27% cheaper. Now, if the dollar is 75% cheaper, could you imagine how, how different these numbers would be for all of these people in these countries? Especially like Argentina and, 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 and Venezuela and Turkey. Like Bitcoin fixes this. Like we 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 don't say that lightly. Look, the euro on a on a year time scale, it's twenty percent cheaper in if you've been saving in Bitcoin. On a three year scale, it's sixty three percent cheaper. On a five year scale, it's seventy seven percent cheaper. The Turkish lira, it's ninety four percent cheaper if you've been saving in Bitcoin. On a one year time scale, it's fifty percent cheaper if you've been saving in Bitcoin. If you've been saving in Bitcoin on a three-year time scale, the Turkish lira is 88% cheaper. And keep in mind, Bitcoin is at the bottom of a bear market. It's the bottom of a bear market. So it's like, I get what Michael Saylor is saying, you know, the strength of the dollar, but there's this meme down here by, by PaxB, and it says the last 10 years, all currencies fall against USD, USD falls against Bitcoin, a sane pace person would try to find the root cause. And here is that meme uh, pulled up full screen. And here is 2011 before, so you could, you could surmise this is 2010, right? And of course, the, law, the dollar just continues to lose purchasing power against Bitcoin. 
And that's why Michael Saylor says it's going up forever. And that's where that meme comes from. Infinity divided by 21 million. Right? So yeah, man, look, uh, if, if the dollar is the lifeboat for, you know, the developing world, they seek refuge in the dollar and that's their lifeboat. Well, there's a lifeboat to the lifeboat because the dollar lifeboat is sinking, but the Bitcoin lifeboat is just getting stronger by the day. So yeah, if you're in the developing world, cause I know we have a lot of people that are listening to us overseas. Stable coins are a false sense of financial sovereignty. They will not protect your purchasing power against Bitcoin. They'll protect, they'll sort of protect your purchasing power against your local currency. But if you truly want to protect your purchasing power, even against the dollar, because the dollar is losing purchasing power, the only option is Bitcoin. And it also comes with the benefits of censorship resistance. And it also comes with the benefits of being able to take true self-custody of it without the fear of confiscation, easy confiscation from the state or from a hostile third party. So yeah, man. Um, anyways, I think Michael Saylor got it right. I get the point that he was trying to make, but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, the dollar it's cool. It's, it, it's the coolest of the pieces of shit, but it's still shit. Bitcoin is the answer. Bitcoin is the way anyways, Opti, what's your take? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, sats are my stable coin as the memes go. Stable coins are only stable until they are not. But it kind of goes back to what we always say here and, and a phenomenon that we've noticed in uh, the U.S. or first world countries is like we have technically, you know, the best turd in the room, uh, which is the U.S. dollar. So and it has uh, a semblance of stability because a dollar equals one dollar, except for the purchasing power of that dollar is constantly devalued. And so most people don't understand that they are losing purchasing power, like the dollar seems stable. And just imagine if you're holding one of these other currencies that are even weaker than the U.S. dollar, you're obviously going to look for an alternative. And it kind of goes into what we say all the time on the show is that most people know what the problem is. They just don't know that Bitcoin is the ultimate solution. And it will eventually by steps, you know, by degrees of magnitude, people will start to shift into Bitcoin over time as they start to understand the economic reality of the world. And it just reminded me of Gresham's law. You know, what's uh, what's exactly it's like um, bad money drives out good money. And that's what we're seeing happening around the world. And, and it's really what we say all the time or rather what I say all the time. The Bitcoin price is a real-time metric of people's understanding of what Bitcoin is. And so as we see more capital flow into Bitcoin, you can kind of just link it in your brain to being like, oh, more people are understanding that sats are the stablecoin, that Bitcoin is the risk-off asset of the world, and it's something that I need to hold. It is the best money in the world. And so as these people with these very terrible fiat currencies start to understand like, oh yeah, first I need to dollarize. I need to hold dollars. Second, maybe I should hold some gold. And then eventually they all end up on the Bitcoin standard. It's like, oh wait, actually Bitcoin is the best money. I need to hoard that and drop everything else. And so of course it is a safety line. Of course it is the safety net for everyone around the world. And it just, it really taps into human psychology because of course it's not going to happen in in like one giant 
swoop where people are like, okay, you know, I'm a, in a shitty currency. Let me just go all in on Bitcoin. There is a learning curve where most people need to kind of be exposed to Bitcoin, be exposed to the Bitcoin signal. And of course, like the dollar for as long as most of us have been alive is the strongest currency. But as a Bitcoiner, we understand that the dollar is still just as bad as anything else. It just has the world reserve currency status right now. It just looks the best in the room. Whereas as more and more people start to wake up to Bitcoin being the best, you know, hard cap, censorship resistant, uh, holding its value through time and space, you know, instantly being able to transport it across the globe on the Internet or lightning quick, like people will wake up to the idea that Bitcoin is the best. And so it's not only a safety net for people in developing countries, it's a safety net for everyone because we're all getting poorer. Every country, every government in the world right now is either printing money or they are using a dollar that is getting printed out of control. So we all have the same problem. And it's just a matter of people understanding that they need to hold some Bitcoin because it's the only thing that cannot get debased. And again, being an American public school student, I am it, the irony is never lost on me that we were never taught how money works. And I think this is by design and just you know, going to the inevitable result of this, everyone in the world just doesn't understand money. And this is why as a Bitcoiner, we have such an asymmetric understanding of the world and we're way ahead of the curve and we are on the Bitcoin standard so we can protect ourselves. And as we are protected, more and more people will look to us and be like, wait, how come Bitcoin is going up? Wait, how come you guys are holding all this Bitcoin? Wait, how come your purchasing power isn't getting destroyed? How are you living a good life when everyone is poor? And it's like, this is just the inevitable process and humans learn through pain. So if everyone's holding those melting ice cubes, well, they will eventually look for a solution. And of course, Bitcoin is the answer to the fiat money printing problem that we all find ourselves in. So, you know, maybe people that have out of control currencies will end up on Bitcoin sooner than maybe most people in the West because we are all complacent and we're lulled to sleep. But Bitcoin is here for all of us when we're ready because it's the only thing that cannot get debased. It's the best money in the world because of these reasons that we always talk about. 100%. 100%. All right. Before we move on to the culture, I want to give a very special shout out to our sponsor, Kaboom Racks. The news is brought to you by Kaboom Racks. Looking for the best place to buy Bitcoin miners? Your answer is Kaboom Racks. That's where you're going to get the top deals, the best prices. They offer repair and hosting services all in one place. Get started. Check out the link in the video description. Launch your mining journey with Kaboom Racks today. If you scan the QR code on your screen, it will take you directly to the Kaboom Racks marketplace and you'll find the best deals on the latest Bitcoin ASICs. So you definitely want to check them out. That's where I buy my miners. Check out Kaboom Racks today. All right, everybody, let's move on to the culture. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. Oh, are we are we doing Opti and Opti? No, 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 I'm not. Well, I'm kind of ranting, but not really ranting, ranting like normal. Um, last week, I'm, I'm, I'm reading what you guys are saying in the chat and I'm, I'm trying to answer your guys' questions on the show. And last week we got someone asking about um, 
like how to best have UTXO hygiene and consolidating UTXOs and, and what they should be doing. And of course, there is no one size fits all here, guys. And so, you know, I'm just kind of going to give you a framework to think about this so that you can do what's best for yourself and you can kind of think through this process of what you want to do with the UTXOs that you have. Obviously, we always recommend you take your Bitcoin off exchanges as soon as possible. But if you're just buying a small amount of Bitcoin every single day and you have a bunch of small UTXOs and of course, uh, UTXO stands for unspent transaction output, guys. It, you, I'm not going to go into the whole details of how Bitcoin works in particular. Maybe you guys need to do a little more research, but basically everything is a transaction. Every Everything is a UTXO. And so if you are buying, I don't know, say like one, two, three, four, five dollars on an exchange, and then you're withdrawing that to your wallet, well, you're going to get a lot of these UTXOs that stack up. And then you're going to try to, you know, do some kind of payment and your fees are going to be ridiculous. And you're going to be like, what, like my wallet robbed me or whatever. And so the best way to do this is obviously maybe getting some kind of threshold limit on your exchanges when you withdraw to your wallet so that you don't just have a bunch of ultra tiny UTXOs and they eventually get lost as dust. And so I got over here, I'm on Stack Exchange and before I go into too much details here, I wanted to just explain like what is uh, Bitcoin dust. And so here, I'm gonna read this answer because I, I think it's one of the best answers and it kind of gives you the basics of what's going on here. So dust is often used colloquially to refer to any small amount UTXO. Bitcoin Core's precise definition of dust is used in mempool policy to define, define a minimum for output amounts in standard transactions. Bitcoin Core considers a transaction output to be dust when its value is lower than the cost of creating and spending it at the dust relay fee rate. The default value for dust relay fee is 3,000 sat per, uh, I forget what KVB is, um, I think it's kilogram or what's it? Thousand virtual byte, which results in the same dust value as the prior dust definition used before Bitcoin Core 0.15.0. The previous dust definition tied the dust limit to the minimum relay transaction fee rate and the spending cost of an output exceeding a third of its value. So dust equals input uh, underscore virtual size plus output uh, size times three sat per byte. At the default dust relay fee of 3000 sat, uh, I forget what KVB is. Can you look that up, Nico, real quick? Given the size of a PTPKH input being 148 bytes, so peer to public key hash, I have it over here, being 148 bytes and the size of a peer to public key hash output being 34 bytes, peer to public key hash outputs worth less than 546 Satoshis are considered dust by Bitcoin Core. For pay to witness public key hash, you can see over here, Again, pay to witness public key hash. The output, uh, what's it, where'd it go? The considers output worth less than 294 sats. So what is all this saying? Basically, it's saying if you are using traditional or legacy Bitcoin payments, which are pay to public key hash, the ones that start with one, then the dust limit is 546 Satoshis. If you are using basically SegWit addresses, which are BC1, then the dust limit is 294 sets. Okay, that is all to basically say, if you are making transactions on chain at 546 sets individually, well, 
not only are you going to have to pay an extremely huge fee when you try to consolidate them all, but eventually those UTXOs are going to probably be unspendable. So the recommended idea is usually if you are trying to do small payments, then uh, use some kind of lightning wallet, maybe wallet Satoshi, maybe Phoenix, maybe mutiny so that you can make small payments and, and do that quickly. And on chain is kind of considered more of the settlement la layer. So you want to be doing probably bigger UTXOs on chain going into your wallet. So if you're coming out of like say Swan and you're buying a couple dollars a day, $5 a day, maybe you don't want to withdraw that $5 every single day. I think they do it like every Tuesday. And you might want to wait until there's a certain limit on your exchange. Maybe it's a million sats. Maybe it's 500,000 sats. You know, personally, you can make this decision on yourself depending on how much you are actually buying on these exchanges. But the idea is if you want some good UTXO hygiene, and we're telling you this now because the mempool is starting to clear out. I was seeing yesterday we're almost back to like eight, eight fee, eight sat fee. Uh, rates. So we're getting lower. And now is the time you want to be consolidating your UTXOs because when it gets crazy fees again, you you might be overpaying. And, and this is why we tell you to do this stuff now when it's calm versus when it gets crazy. So that's just kind of the, the basics of what a UTXO is and what the limits are. But the question we got in the chat was like, how big should my UTXOs be? And obviously I don't know what your stack is. I don't know, you know, what your personal holdings are. I don't know whether you've consolidated before. And I'm guessing that maybe you just have some Bitcoin. It's all in your wallet. There's a bunch of different sizes and, and maybe you're using like blue wallet where you don't even know how big your UTXOs are. Um, and that's, that's, you know, some technicals we can get into all that stuff, but just say you have like one Bitcoin. Um, say you have one Bitcoin totaled in your wallet and you want to consolidate your UTXOs and you want to get some good UTXO hygiene. Well, obviously I can't really tell you exactly what to do, but my thinking would be, and there's, there's some things to, to consider here. Obviously, you know, there's the vanity, vanity metric of like having one, one Bitcoin in a UTXO so we can have that level of one Bitcoin in a wallet. It just feels good. You're like, yeah, I got a one Bitcoin UTXO in my wallet. Like I'm a Chad, but there are, there are privacy concerns with that. Maybe, you know, you're going to be using your Bitcoin to pay like a million sats here or there, or 10 million sats here or there. And you don't want to expose to everyone that you transact with that you have one Bitcoin in your wallet. So, if you have one Bitcoin UTXOs, 100 million sets, I would highly recommend that you break that down into different UTXO sets if you are trying to consolidate. And obviously, there's no hard or fast rule here. This is kind of just something you might want to do for yourself, depending on how you're using your Bitcoin or whether you even care about your privacy. But I highly recommend you should care about your privacy because you don't want to expose your holdings to every single person you're transacting with Bitcoin. So say we have that 100 million sats, that one Bitcoin UTXO, and maybe it's just the total in your wallet and you want to consolidate. What I'd maybe advise, and again, this isn't a hard, fast rule. This is just something to get your head to think about. Maybe you can consolidate maybe like 50 million sats, do like half a Bitcoin UTXO. That's going to be that UTXO that you don't touch, that is just there for a long term. You know, you can always break off here or there, use different wallets so that you can break off and not expose your full holdings. And then you'd have, I don't know, say what, like 
uh, 25 million sat UTXO and, and two 10 million sat UTXOs and a 5 million sat UTXOs. And you break down these in thresholds so that you remember what you want to do. So like that 5 million sats, like that's kind of like whatever, my checking. You know, I'm going to use this. I'm going to spread these sats around. I am not really concerned about showing people that I have 5 million sats. Again, with that 10 million sat UTXL, you're going to maybe use that for some bigger payments. And then you can still consolidate and have like, you know, 25 million, 500 million sats. And that looks good in, in, your, in your wallet. You know, it feels good. But this is just something to think about. Just remember, there are some concerns here. First is like why I started with the dust limit. You do not want a bunch of UTXOs, tiny UTXOs, because for one, you may not be able to spend them if we get into a high fee scenario and it gets under that dust limit. So you do not want to have UTXOs that are unspendable. Second, if you go to consolidate a UTXO, say you have to make like a 100,000 sat payment and you have what hundreds of tiny little thousand sat UTXOs, well, you're gonna run into a, a really high fee and that's something you wanna avoid. And so, and then further, the last one is, is privacy concerns. Do you wanna expose your holdings to every single person that you're transacting with? So you just gotta remember these things and consolidate your Bitcoin in ways that you want to. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect whole round numbers. Maybe you just look into your wallets. And, and again, some wallets don't really show you your different UTXOs. They just kind of add them together. So maybe this is a reason why you might want to use a different wallet over another one. But you just want to remember that we will be heading into a high fee scenario. And I'm guessing this next bull run is going to get crazy. We've seen what the wizards have done to Bitcoin. We see what all the people trying to have fun on Bitcoin are doing to the mempools. And the fees can get crazy. And I don't want you guys to get overcharged. And then you guys freaking out why, you know, Bitcoin is so expensive and and or, you know, exposing your your UTXO holdings, your Bitcoin holdings of people. So, again, I know this isn't like a hard and fast rule and I didn't really give you like hard and fast rules on what you should be doing, but I think this is just a good, good mental paradigm to think about. What do you want to do with your Bitcoin? What are you trying to do with it? What, what is your goals with Bitcoin? If you're just trying to hodl some Bitcoin and you kind of want a vanity metric and you want to be a part of the, you know, uh, the glass node charts of people holding one Bitcoin in their wallet and be part of those numbers, you know, you can do that as well. But I think it's just important to remember that there are these different concerns. You don't want a, a bunch of small little UTXOs because they might not make it past the dust limit. If you have a lot of small UTXOs, then your fees, when you try to consolidate them to make payments, they're going to be higher than they should be. And, you know, you don't want to expose your holdings to everyone. So, again, guys. Uh, there's no hard and fast rules, but yes, like Clout Casino is saying here, I've been doing UTXO management with the fees so low, and this is the time to be doing it. And I'm glad that you guys are asking these questions. I will follow up if there's more questions in the chat. Just uh, keep asking them. And as when I have time to come up here and talk about the different stuff that I see in the chat, I will make culture specifically so I can kind of answer your questions. Because if you're asking these questions, then it seems that more people are asking the very same questions. So this is the point of the show. Give you guys actionable advice. I know sometimes we don't get lost in the weeds because there are so many new people and we do kind of get a little more philosophical or geopolitical on this show. But every once in a while, I'll jump in with some technical stuff. 
and and hopefully make sure you guys are up to speed because we are getting a lot of new people on the show and our views are going up. And so we're trying to get everyone on the same page. But uh, I don't know, Nico, not to dox you, but uh, what's your thoughts on different UTXO sizes? Yeah. So first of all, uh, we hit 199 live viewers on YouTube, right? So it's a, it's a, bl- a bit a bit of a bit of a tease. I think we were like on a two week straight streak of 200 viewers just on YouTube, of course, like through all the platforms. You know, I think Rumble right now we're at a uh, 79 live viewers. So Rumble continues to go up. Holy cow! I appreciate all you guys watching. Make sure to smash that like button. What is, and of course, the Twitter live stream as well. What are my thoughts on U- UTXO consolidation? So yes, it is a high, it's a highly technical, um, you know, highly technical discussion, especially for people getting into the space. Um, the way that I would like to describe it is when you take self-custody of your money, it not only are you taking personal responsibility of, of um not only are you taking personal responsibility of the custody of your wealth, but it comes with also other responsibilities. So if you don't consolidate and let's say you withdraw from Swan, which by the way has free withdrawals, right? So you don't have to pay a fee or you withdraw from strike. I think they also have, they offer free withdrawals as well. Um, And let's say you withdraw every time you have like 10 bucks or something, you're going to send that to a new address every time by default, right? If you're doing it correctly. Um, and because every time your wallet, or let's say you, you use like a blue wallet on your phone and you put receive as soon as that wallet receives Bitcoin, blue wallet will move on to the next address. Right. And if you're sending Bitcoin to a new address every single time, and let's say it's like 10 bucks every single time, you will have to pay a fee to move that Bitcoin, if it's coming from different addresses. So what you want to do, right, it's in the name, you want to consolidate it. So you want to, instead of sending, you know, $10 every single time to a new address, maybe wait until you have $500 or $1,000 and then send it to that one address, right? So then when the time comes that you have to spend your Bitcoin, right, you pay less of a fee. I understand that, you know, we're more of an entertainment channel. We don't usually go into the technical weeds, but this is a good discussion. And this is all, this all kind of comes with, uh, with the personal responsibility of Bitcoin. Now there's, yeah. there's one. Yeah, uh, no, I was just going to answer this question. I thought we were going to go into the uh, meme review, but you, you continue, Nika. Yeah. So, and then um, one thing I also wanted to tell you guys is, you know, a lot of people are not aware of this is hardware wallets have limits. Uh, they have they have physical hardware limits, meaning if and this has happened to me, like I've learned this from experience where let's say you don't consolidate and see this happen a thousand times. Right. You don't consolidate. You're just new to Bitcoin and you have your little treasure, your your ledger or whatever. You know, now the hardware hardware wallets nowadays like the passport, like these are bad boys and they they have the hardware capacity to sign a lot of transactions all at once. Right. Um, but they're limited. There's a, there's a certain limit to how many they could sign. Like the ledger, you know, try signing 20 transactions at the same time from 20 different addresses, trying to consolidate into one address. It's going to take a long time. And you're going to look at your hardware wallet and you'll be like, Oh, is this thing frozen? Like what happened? It's a little bit of a spook, right? 
So, you know, it's best practice to consolidate every once in a while. Uh, in terms of privacy, uh, I know that you mentioned that. I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially if you run your own node. Uh, if you don't run your own node, you, you are doxing, you know, uh, you're, you're, you are basically doxing your balances to whoever's running that node. You can even make the argument that you're doxing your IP address as well, right? So you definitely want to run your own node. Uh, what I run is the, you know, the start nine pure, the, they have different tiers. I run the highest tier. I highly recommend it. It's an, it's an absolute beast of a machine. I think I'm uncle Jimmy Opti. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, uh, you know, consolidate every once in a while. I know that it's a, it's a complex topic. I highly su suggest checking out BTC sessions. I'm absolutely sure he's made a tutorial yeah. about this. And, uh, if you guys want to see, go into the nitty gritty of it and uh run your own note like it you know like this is all part of the bitcoin rabbit hole you know we made it see we made it sound we make it sound so simple every single day because i i really believe we're a more top of a funnel show uh because we're more entertainment based but yes the the uh self-custody rabbit hole goes very deep you could start talking about multi-sig you could start talking about geographically separating your multi-sig right self-custody becomes a a uh, more complex technical topic because um you start to think about how you're storing your bitcoin if you start having a considerable amount of bitcoin okay how am i going to protect myself from a five dollar wrench attack right oh i'm going to use multi-sig i'm going to separate my seeds in different locations okay what if i don't have the technical know-how to uh to set this up what if i don't trust myself holding all the keys so there then there's collaborative custody models like that's offered uh that's offered by Casa. It's offered by Nunchuck. Uh, Swan is is working on something. Um, so uh, and Unchained, of course, uh, offers collaborative custody where they hold one key out of the two of three, and you hold two of them, right? Um, so there's there's so many different. Uh, you know, th th we don't call it the Bitcoin rabbit hole for no reason. It is definitely good practice to uh, to. Um, consolidate your UTXOs every once in a while. That's something I definitely do. You get into the habit of it, but it all comes with taking personal responsibility of your money, right? Uh, the reason that this, the complexity of this has been removed from a lot of people's lives is because they've outsourced that personal responsibility to a bank, right? Or to, you know, or to however, which way you do it. But let's say you're holding physical gold bars and you are taking self-custody of those physical gold bars. You're stacking them in a certain way, right? To organize them. You know, you're you're keeping them organized. You're not just spreading them all over, you know, your safe. You know, I'm sure you're stacking them in a certain way and you're, you know, you're organizing them in a certain way. Um, it, it's in like, that would be like the best physical example. Yeah, uh, I was just like, gonna say, that's such a good example. Like, you know, kilo, like a big brick bar, of gold yeah. would be your big UTXOs and you have little ounces and uh, you yep. know, you have some gold coins and like, that's kind of how you should think of it in, in a physical, physical sense of what you're trying to do with your UTXOs. Exactly. Except this time you don't have to melt the gold <laughs> to just consolidate into one big bar. It's you just know, a transaction. You, it's just a transaction. It makes it easy, but yes, it is definitely good hygiene. Um, I definitely recommend it. Um, I didn't know we were going to get technical, but we could do technical. That's fine. A little, a little, little technical. Um, Anyways, one more thing, Nico, unless you're you're continuing to get. Yeah, if you guys get lost in the sauce with this and you guys are totally new to this and I get it, you know, you guys tuned in for the, you know, entertainment and the news and all that stuff. And you guys are like, what the F are these people talking about? Check out BTC Sessions. Yeah. Um, I'm 99% sure he's made 
a tutorial on uh, consolidating your Bitcoin UTXOs. All right, I just want to get to this question. I, I, Robert, I'm not fully sure what the question is per se, but you say, what I don't know is if I use my core wallet associated with my node, do I pay less fees? Um, no, no, it's just like the fees are dependent on what the, what your mempool is reading. And then also how many UTXOs you're consolidating into one transaction. There's a certain amount of sats that you will have to pay based on any transaction. There's a baseline and, and I'm losing it off the top of my head right now. Um, the next one is uh, Johnny Rico. He says, I'm just not going to worry about UTXO management because I'm never no, selling. You, you totally should. Though. Yeah, exactly. You, you, totally should. you will need to worry about this eventually. And now's the time while we're in this low fee it's, environment. It's, it's Sparrow, Sparrow uh, the more technical wallets like Sparrow, yeah. Electrum, Spectre, they'll make they'll list cool. out. They'll list, they'll list it out for you. What addresses have how how much coins on them. And, you know, you can choose an option to consolidate by picking all the coins from a certain address and yeah, consolidating yeah, to yeah. one address. And, and then also KYC, yeah. non-KYC concerns as well. Yeah. Don't call it consolidate those if you have been coin joining coins because then you're just kind of wasting money. Uh, another one, Opti says, uh, advise plebs to do test transactions before actually doing it. Always, always, always do test transactions, guys, because... Don't send all your Bitcoin at once and and wrecking yourself. And then last thing before we move on, Hammersaw is right. Yeah, dude. Bitcoin I, technicals I, I, scare the shit point, out of newcomers. At this at this uh, at uh, at this point um, at this point uh, <laughs> I you you still test address? I don't care at this. Point. I'm so used to I, it. I test only when I move to a new wallet. Like if I'm oh, if I'm moving okay. to new wallets, with then new I seeds, test with transactions with, yeah, yeah, with new seeds. I'll do 100%. that. But usually. I, 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 this is probably bad, but like, I, I just barely, I, you know, barely verify the, the address. Like copy paste. I didn't even type it in. Like we're good to go. Yeah. And, and then someone brings up a good point, which is Michael Blast, uh, which is Andreas Antonopoulos talks about it. Yes. Andreas is a legend. That's one of the people that originally orange pilled me, him and Max Kaiser. Uh, taking custody of your Bitcoin is life changing. Absolutely. And then going back to one of the one of the earlier questions, and then we'll move on to the meme review. I know we're running a little bit long today, but it is the Friday show, so it is this is the Friday special, and we broke two hundred, so that makes me very happy. Um, about the idea that you'll pay less fees if uh, you know you're running your own node. No. So the only thing running your own node is it's essentially if you if you don't use your own node, right? You're you're trusting someone else's copy of the blockchain. Right. So essentially you're asking someone else's computer, hey, um, what is the current state of the Bitcoin ledger? I I I own these addresses. I want to know, you know, how much Bitcoin are in these addresses. Please let me know. And you're asking someone else's computer by doing that. You're doxing yourself. Right. So if you not only are you are you doxing yourself, but you're also trusting that other computer that they're not lying to you. Right. Of course, you know, that generally tends to not happen, but theoretically it could happen. So best practices to trust, minimize, trust your own copy of the Bitcoin blockchain, trust your own version of, of, of the Bitcoin software. And when you broadcast a transaction, especially if it's going through Tor, right, your IP address isn't getting doxxed whatsoever. Like that, that thing is just getting, you know, broadcasted throughout the world, kind of anonymous, um, and no one, no one knows where it's coming from. So best practices is to run your own node. Uh, you could build one, you can buy one pre-made, highly suggest start nine. They got different levels 
to uh, you know an entry level, mid tier level, the you know, the pure, the badass. Like I think it's like a Core i seven or Core i nine, like hardcore computer just dedicated to running a bunch of other you know not only Bitcoin Core and the Electrum server, but a bunch of other cool uh, uh, softwares as well. Anyways, wait, wait, we, last thing we said. This, this isn't simply Bitcoin. Yeah, bro. This, this is this is complicated this is, Bitcoin. This is, this is a technical Bitcoin. <laughs> um, but la last thing, technical Bitcoin Fridays. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe that's a new thing. Uh, last thing I want to say, guys, like I know, I know, like Nico said, this is top of the funnel. So we're trying to get the the newbies to to understand exactly what they're doing. But as you do a little more deep dives into this stuff, like this becomes second nature and you won't even think about it. It's like it, it's it's super simple after you understand the concept. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to help you along. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So just uh, just keep that in mind, guys. Right. Like, um, you know, uh, it seems complicated. Think about the matrix analogy that I gave you guys in the beginning. Right. I didn't say that analogy lightly. Um, once you understand this stuff, it becomes a lot easier than banking. I swear to God, I promise you, it is a lot less complicated. It just seems daunting initially because, you know, you're used to the fiat matrix, right? Anyways, everybody, let's go down to the memes. Uh, we got a lot of memes to review. Let's check it out. The Daily Meme Review. Yeah, simply complicated. Yeah, straight up, bro. I didn't know you were gonna pull this. And well, I, well I they were asking know, about I it. I didn't even know you could cover complex topics either. I, you know? Dude, I try to keep it as <laughs> simple as possible. But no, people were asking about it, and and uh, again, back it's back to the same thing. If if we have one person asking about it in the chat, then there's got to be more people that are wondering the same thing. They're just doing the like, I am too afraid to ask meme. Anyways, you already know the deal. This is the meme review where you tag me on twitter at simply bitcoin tv or my personal account at optimus fields tag your favorite memers meme tag your own meme i don't care i just want memes guys and of course you can drop them in our telegram group t.me slash simply bitcoin tv i look at those every morning as well we broke a thousand we have a bunch of people in there as you guys know you guys are the frontline soldiers we are in an information war tweets of the bullets memes of the artillery Continue to get the calls of action out there. Continue to ridicule the corporate press. Continue to make the funnies to keep your friends' heads in the game. Anyways, this first meme is by the BTC therapist, and he goes, hashtag Bitcoin is programmed to go up. And it's a simple question. It goes, are you bullish yet with the Bitcoin logo? And I'm guessing these are all the old bull, uh, cycles. So we have the first one. And what was it? 2011, 20, 2010 cycle. And it's, it's not, it's in, um, it's in linear chart. So it's not in log chart, but I can't wait till the God candles come back. Anyways, you can see here, here is the crab market. We'll call it crab market 365 days. And then it finally went nuclear and it just going straight up. Oh, we're going to get those one day again. And then the next one, 539 days crab market. And then it starts going nuclear 518 days and then it starts getting nuclear well here we are at 532 days and we have yet to go nuclear and we have yet to break that all-time high so we're gonna crab which means you can stack but one day soon 
we will be getting the God candles on the linear chart, and I'm here for it. Okay, this next one is by Ludicrous Speed, a.k.a. Mach9D, and we got the news yesterday. We've been covering, or actually, we covered Gary Gensler getting absolutely grilled yesterday, and then after the show, we got the ruling or the decision that the block, BlackRock spot Bitcoin ETF decision was delayed. So we're mo like there's one more in next month, October. I think it was the 17th ish around there where we'll get one more decision on the deadline. It's looking like we're not going to see it until 2024 at the earliest. Anyways, Ludicrous Speed dropped a meme here, and it's Larry Fink, and he goes, Gary, they keep front-running us. Keep delaying the spot Bitcoin ETF so we can stack our bags. You guys know the playbook. FUD Bitcoin. Stack your bags. Embrace Bitcoin. Profit? <laughs> All right, this next one is by our boy, Run the Banks, a.k.a. at empty underscore banks. And he goes, good morning. And we got Leota here. I'm pretty sure they're good, fellas. And he goes, as far back as I can remember, I've never seen a Bitcoin cycle as dumb as this one. <laughs> it's the sentiment on Twitter, man. Everyone is going after each other. Everyone's going full regarded on Twitter. This is just part of bear market things. You can tell we are in the depths of the bear market by the sentiment on Twitter. Anyways, next meme is by RD underscore BTC. And I absolutely love this one, bro. I, I think this is such good framing. And it, I like I've known this inherently intrinsically if i could use those words but it, i just i've never used this meme on someone and i think this is a great one i'm going to be dunking on people all the time anyways he just goes hilarious with some laughing emoji he goes hashtag fiat money hashtag bitcoin and it goes to them bitcoin has no intrinsic value me and you think paper money does lol and you got a person a little kid sitting here with his stack of paper laughing oh man it's such a good one anytime people tell you bitcoin has no intrinsic value pull out some paper money and you're like and you think this does you literally believe in fairy tales that this paper money has value and on that point you know sometimes you just got to meme yourself put yourself in memes and max kaiser here just drops literally the meme that is all of us we got a npc wojack crying and he goes everyone in crypto hates bitcoin maxis then maybe there is something wrong with you and not something wrong with everyone else and then we got a picture of here max kaiser smiling goes if you're a bitcoin maximalist you know you're a hated figure because nobody wants to face the fact that they've been dead wrong their whole lives about something so basic as money <laughs> Bars. Okay, next one is by Wojak Bitcoin. He goes, literally me. And we got the stressed out dying Wojak here. And it goes, I will have enough Bitcoin when I reach my goal amount. And then we got the Wojak laser eyed Bitcoin. It goes, reaching my goal amount only made me want more Bitcoin. This is a vicious cycle. You're like, I'll be good once I meet my goals. And then you meet your goals and you're like, wait, I can stack more. Why am I going to take my gas off the my foot off the gas. All right, Nico, this next one, you asked for this one, all right? You literally asked for this one at the beginning of the show. So if we got to censor him, we'll censor him. But uh, an opti Chrissy Lagarde praying mantis meme, and it's Copernicus. He goes, ask and ye shall receive. Chrissy, Brian told me you're into choke play now. Come over here, baby. And it's me attacking <laughs> the you, Chrissy Lagarde like, praying could, mantis. Could you like that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, there you go, bro. Your dream just came. Uh, you just we you just it. manifested your dream into reality, which is absolutely hilarious. Dude, that was literally shout my dream out, last shout night. Shout out Copernicus, <laughs> slowly redeeming himself. 
Um, I, I told him to. I'm like, uh, maybe you might need to make this one a little more PG. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, drop your meme. There's a fine the line, Copernicus. Okay, <laughs> you went all the way on the other side of that the other day. Um, um, okay, okay. okay. Meme so, score uh, in the chat. In the chat. Yeah, in the chat. So it is Friday. My level of relaxation is is shade level two. I'm gonna increase it to shade level three. Wow, look at you, dude. You look so relaxed. You can yeah. just tell his face gets more relaxed. Yeah. Um, is, all right, guys. This is great. My meme review score, and I'm honestly surprised no one said anything about it because the, anything I do on this show, everyone everyone makes a point of it. Uh, my retired old glasses, I got a new prescription, so your boy, your boy can actually see the computer now. Anyways, let's get in. Actually, 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 support, support us. Get yourself some Simply Bitcoin merch. Shirts, hoodies. I will get you guys hats. We've been talking about getting you guys some some other new merch ideas. Let us know what you'd want from us. And of course, we do have in the works some Simply Bitcoin themed artist collaboration. So we will get you guys a bunch of cool stuff. We want to provide as cool as stuff as, as possible. We want to give you guys value, but also, you know, support us. Keep us on this channel. Keep us as independent as possible. Get you a shirt. The hoodies are goaded. Shouts out to everyone that's bought something. And I think we have some scores in the chat, Nico. So let's get this going. I do have the music ready. Where to go? Where did the first one get go? Get some merch. Get some merch. Because if not, wine oh will murder us. Wait, is this? <laughs> can I say this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Opti scores. Um, uh, troll them until the censorship dies. Today I drink to victory. Hoorah. Okay, the next one. New Bitcoiners find out it's about money, but it's also about changing the world. Bitcoin will end forever wars. Let's go. You gotta lift up the volume on the on the. It's loud on my end. All right, Cloud Casino. I give the memes one. Diane Feinstein. R.I.P. Crab Dance. Celebrate good times. Come on. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Next one. Uh, BTC Truth. Score 10 million Bitcoin UTXOs. Okay. Okay. Uh, Roman Stack Sat Show meme review. Pronounce nuclear. Okay. Okay, I like that. Okay, I like We're that. We're going long. There's okay. one more, and it's Hoddle Coin trolling us. Okay, okay. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for sticking around for Simply Bitcoin Live. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, have an amazing weekend. Uh, next week is going to be a little bit crazy uh, because of the Pacific Bitcoin Festival. We are going to be doing a live show from there, which should be a lot of fun. So the, the times uh, should be a little bit different than usual. Um, for the Friday episode, we might miss an episode next week due to traveling and all that. We'll try to be stay consistent and either Opti and I will be out and oh, in no. and all that. I'll definitely do an episode from LA. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, but anyways, guys, we love you all. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into, uh, simply Bitcoin live. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to smash that like button, consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value, but the number one thing you could do to push the peaceful Bitcoin revolution is share this content. In fact, share all Bitcoin content. Don't be exclusive. Be inclusive. 
share it all. Don't share shitcoin content. That's counterproductive. Uh, no spaces today. We're going to take a break. Uh, we have a very, very long week of traveling and just moving all the equipment and all that stuff ahead of us. So we're going to take a break on the spaces uh, today. I know and, you uh, love the spaces, stay in, guys. Stay I in for next it. week because there are going to be some, some special edition episodes from the conference floor, from the conference. Uh, hopefully we get some special guests and some interviews. I think uh, Opti and Dell will be able to manage that from the Pacific Bitcoin floor. Uh, wherever we get set up. So this should be uh, should be a very good week next week. I'm really, really excited for it. And uh, I'm your host, Nico. This is my co-host, Opti. We are Simply Bitcoin Live. Love you all, guys. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you next week. Peace out, y'all.